Hello and welcome to the Weekend Booktopian. I'm Mark Harding, Content and Brand Manager for Booktopia, and this is a podcast about the books we're reading. Joining me today, our Category Manager for Fiction, Ben Hunter. Hello, Ben. Hi, Mark. Uh, we're also joined by our Social Media Specialist, Nick Wasiliev. Hello, Nick. Hey, Mark. And by our Affiliate and Partnerships Marketing Manager, Arthur Malkoon. Hello, Arthur. Hi, Mark. So first up today, some book news, then we'll delve into the books everyone is reading and be sure to stick around until the end of the show when my guests will go head to head in a book quiz battle that we like to call Book Fight. So jumping in, uh, first news topic, the Prime Minister's Literary Awards shortlist has been announced. Uh, there's an amazing variety of books nominated this year. Uh, ben, have you had a look at it and what are your impressions of the nominees? I'm impressed, Mark. I Every year this comes out, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see that the Prime Minister is reading so much literary fiction. Uh, personally, reading them and, and judging them and, and adding to them to these lists, I think it's a credit to him. I, I just wouldn't have picked it. Um, Jam Kotsia is on here, um, Carrie Tiffany uh, and Lucy Trelaw, um, all excellent novels that have been um, remarkably well um, uh, critically praised and and two of my favorite novels of the past years plus I'll say um, Tarjun Winch The Yield um, is an absolute stellar book uh, it just won the Miles Franklin this year um, it is a novel uh, set on Wiradjuri country it is about uh, it is about Aboriginal Australia and white Australia and language and how we all collide and how we all continue to exist. It is a phenomenal book that we should all read. And Charlotte Wood's The Weekend is just one of the most tightly written character studies and literary comedies I've ever read. It's, it's, um, it is a masterpiece. So uh, there's, there's, there's two books right there I'm definitely rooting for, but these are all uh, superb books. Um, well done, ScoMo. <laughs> yes, and anybody who's interested, um, we'll pop the link to the shortlist uh, in the show notes for today as well, and you can check out uh, all of the all of the shortlisted books. Uh, moving on to our next uh, little bit of book news, uh, the uh, <laughs> the one and only Jonathan Franzen uh, has announced. Uh, his brand new novel, and it may just be the most pretentious book title of all time. Uh, ben, do you have that handy for us? The title of the book, Cross, oh, it's, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, grandly, cro grandly titled Crossroads, a novel, a key to all mythologies, volume one. So the, <laughs> it's a first of a trilogy called A Key to All Mythologies, Crossroads, a novel. Uh, yeah, okay, gorgeous. And uh, Franzen, um, uh, many of you may have read The Corrections. Was his, I believe that was his debut novel. This is definitely the novel he broke out with. And I remember reading that um, kind of at the end of my undergraduate years. And it was a very good book. Um, uh, I remember it had a very uh, strong impression on me at the time. Uh, but John Franzen just doesn't make a lot of friends uh, uh, I think a, a friend of mine uh, uh, summed him up really well as being a literary mansplainer. Uh, yeah, he writes big, grandiose um, American novels. He's one of the last sort of of the. <laughs> 
he's one of the last surviving of a, a long tradition of big white male American novelists. Um, Name, name's Jonathan. Yeah, name's Jonathan <laughs> through that. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, he, he has this thing of uh, forcing the most unlikable characters upon the reader uh, in the most twisted stories and, 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 and forcing you to empathise. It's like a, it's like an endurance race, these novels. Um, and I'm sure this is going to be uh, nothing short of that. Yeah. And uh, I, th I think the, the best thing about it is um, he previously said that uh, nobody has more than six fully realised novels in them. Um, and now this is novel number six, but part one of the trilogy. So. <laughs> it's, it's funny you mention that, like in the social media and online world, he is trolled mercilessly uh, for, for a lot of his for a lot of his books and he even did a whole bunch of writing tips from uh, a little while back that got trolled all over the place so i'm it's it'll be very interesting how people respond uh, to this book um especially yes, he's, um, he's very anti-social media and he's kind of anti-millennial you know all right well, the last bit of book news that we have is that uh, filmmaker Quentin Tarantino has signed a two-book deal, um, and one of the books that he's set to write uh, is a novelization uh, of uh, his most recent film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Nick, Arthur, opinions, people. Throw to you first, Arthur, because I know that you are head over heels for this one. Yeah, um, to say I was giddy reading this last night would be an understatement. Uh, yeah, love Tarantino's work. Um, his his dialogue in his movies is simply incredible, so I'd love to see how that's going to translate um, into novelization. But yeah, it's really good to see. It's just it's perfect. It's a perfect uh, choice for him as well to have as a novelization because obviously the movies are very retro, have being set in the '60s, and the novelizations especially movie novelizations seem to be, or for me, it feels like a mostly a thing of the past. I just remember when I was a kid, there were so many really, really great ones, um, like the Star Wars ones and Terminator ones. And I think even Back to the Future, I remember seeing one of those when I was a kid. It just feels like, I mean, I know we still have novelizations now, but I feel like um, they're not quite as uh, around as much as they used to be when I was younger. Just to expand on that point, most of the time as well, like it's, it's very rare that you actually see novelizations from the filmmaker who's actually also created the film itself. Yeah, um, I think that's definitely rare. Yeah, and I mean, and I am so excited about this because, I mean, Tarantino, outside of the film space, is, a, is an exceptional writer. I think he's, you know, he's, and, and you know, he, he has delved, dabbled in this before. I know that back before the release of The Hateful Eight, he was originally planning um, after the script got leaked to actually release it as a book in, uh, as well. And he has dabbled in the literary world before and, and is a big fan of it. So I, th I think it's going to be, I'm really excited about this because additionally as well, how he translates his, you know, you know, obviously when he wrote Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was done for you know, the visual medium, how he actually translates that to the page and his ability to, is something I'm really excited about um, because if his dialogue and, and writing for the for film is as amazing as it is, which it is, 
uh, who knows what what he'll be able to bring to the table in a literary sense. That's some yep, happy Tarantino fans in the office by the sounds of it. And the second book as part of that deal uh, is called Cinema Speculation, and it's going to be a non-fiction, this is from the press release, deep dive into the moody movies of the 70s, a rich, a rich mix of essays, reviews, personal writing, and tantalizing what-ifs from one of cinema's most celebrated filmmakers and its most devoted fan. So I'm sure that that will be selling huge amounts and uh hopefully quentin tarantino will agree to come on facebook live with me at some point <laughs> what, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't guess that, that would he would, you, you wouldn't guess he wouldn't he would have done something on that that's uh, wouldn't have guessed it no way would i have guessed that he has an obsession with 70s films never would have guessed it <laughs> <laughs> all right well before we move on to the books that we're reading at the moment uh we are sponsored this week uh by a book uh we are sponsored this week by the man in the wall by emma angstrom uh, do you love gripping psychological thrillers full of suspense? Then discover the best-selling man in the world today, a stunning and disturbing Scandi thriller you won't be able to put down. Alva is a sad and lonely child. With her father locked up in prison, she moves with her mother and two older sisters to an apartment building in town. She does not like her new home, her room is small, and her sisters continue to exclude Alva from their games. Soon a bizarre murder takes place in the building. A husband discovers his wife dead in the hall of their apartment two weeks after she disappeared from their home. Where had the body been hiding for two weeks? And how could the perpetrator get in and out of the apartment? As more disturbing things start to take place, Alva is drawn into a sick and twisted game by a killer who is hiding in plain sight. But Alva is just a child and has no idea how deadly her new friend might be. Uh, the Man in the Wall is available now through Booktopia Editions. So, uh, let's start with you, Arthur. What have you been reading? So, uh, I've just started reading yesterday, hot off its um, release, uh, Barack Obama's uh, A Promised Land. A really great book, but very long. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to read it. All yeah, you finished. Today, but we want to review. A, oh, off to a, but off to a off to a great start, though. I'm really loving, really loving um, what I'm reading so far. He's giving a really great recount of his life, um, and more importantly, his life in politics, which is just really fascinating. Um, you know, given the fact that he is the first. African-American president, his story is a remarkable one and I think very inspirational to many. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there are going to be a lot of people um, rushing out to read this, uh, this book this weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on my copy to show up. <laughs> How good is he as a writer? Because I know that he has done, he's got a very specific style. It's a very involved style. Is it easy to, because I know that he, he mentioned before we jumped on the chat that he often talked about his love of books and how he would often, you know, when he was younger, growing up in Hawaii, he would often go and find, you know, flea markets where small little bookstores were hidden. Is he, is he a really eloquent writer? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've heard, you've heard him speak um, numerous times. It's, it sort of feels like that in the way he writes as well. He's just a very eloquent speaker. He just recounts everything in such great detail as well. Amazing. I, we, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people can't wait to read that one. Uh, what about you, Nick? What are, what are you reading at the moment? So um, a few weeks back, uh, we had um, Malcolm Knox uh, on the podcast. Um, Joel did a, a really fantastic interview with him about his latest book, which I have with me right here, which is Truth is Trouble, The Strange Case of Israel Folau or How Free Speech Became 
so complicated. Now, um, for some of our of our listeners, so kind of outside of Booktopia, I often write, uh, do dabble in kind of sports journalism, specifically rugby. And so I was incredibly interested in this book when I saw it, because when the whole Israel Folau uh, debacle began after he released that, that really controversial Instagram post, um, particularly in rugby circles, people were very keen to take sides, particularly with the governing body, with Rugby Australia, um, be, uh, in terms of terminating his contract and actually saying this does not actually represent the game that we that we love and we support. And I myself would definitely fell within that camp because um, particularly the sport of rugby really likes to characterise itself as a game for all. Um, but credit to, you know, Malcolm, um, it was such a firestorm, this particular moment uh, in, you know, popular culture, in a particular moment within the actual analysis of free speech, but also of the barrier the, where the line is crossed in terms of free speech. And he analyses it incredibly well and walks a tightrope uh, that is uh, very, very, very precarious in terms of the analysis of this to the point where, you know, you, if you come into this book um, with specifically on one opinion, which I very much did, he really challenges challenged the notions around both sides of the argument, um, and really puts forward the notion of that of kind of not actually going out of your way to try and fight this sort of thing and be very much uh, take the take the perspective of looking at, at all of the information and making up your mind rather than just, I'm going to pin my mast here on this particular perspective. Um, it's a very precarious book. It's a book that really is, it was brave of him to tackle this topic um, because it's a topic that is very personal and deep to a lot of people. Um, and, you know, it's a really great read. He really did a great job with this book and I highly recommend you, che you check it out. Even if, you know, your mind has already been made up on this whole uh, this whole uh, discussion. There's so much to unpack here, and he barely uh, at, at the end of that episode he he said even after I finished it, I felt like I barely scratched the surface of this argument of this discussion. And he is absolutely correct. It's so complicated. And it's one of two Malcolm Knox books that are out this season. Uh, the other is his novel Blueberg, which yes. I read. This think is. One of the most fantastic Australian novels um, of the year. It is just phenomenal. It is funny and it is uh, uh, very uh, uh, cutting of <laughs> of a kind of uh, broken culture, urban culture, urban white um, uh, coastal culture in our major cities, especially Sydney. Uh, and his use of language is. Uh, I cannot repeat the things that he says on the podcast. But He's a good writer. He's so good. They will make you laugh so hard. Uh, they're just phenomenal. Mm. He's, just, he's such an excellent writer. And the fact that he's been able to drop uh, both Blue, Bluebird and Truth is Trouble, talking about two very different subject matters. And also, I know Bluebird recently got regrammed by... Hugh Jackman. Go, go. It's been a good year for Malcolm Knox. He's been on a real roll when it comes to books. Um, loved it. Thanks for that, Nick. Uh, all right, Ben, what have you got? Um, ben is me. 
Um, I've read a couple of things. I, I can't remember if I've spoken this, about this on the podcast before. Uh, Memorial by an author called Brian Washington. Uh, Brian is an American author uh, who had a phenomenal collection of short stories, which was picked up by um, all of the kind of literary press and, and book Booker-nominated authors, they all just jumped on this guy and said, this is, this is the shit. Um, and his debut novel um, is just absolutely gorgeous. Actually, I know you read stacks and stacks of horror and sci-fi, Mark, but I kind of feel like if you, wanna, if you were to read anything in the literary fiction sphere, it should be this. Uh, because it's about two guys who are in a... Uh, relationship and it's not going great <laughs> um, and uh, one of them is uh, a black American guy that the couple live in Houston in Texas one of them is black the other is um, Japanese American and they both have families that have just that they don't have a solid relationship with at all and as a result of that uh, they they struggle to have a relationship with one another. Um, so Mike, uh, this uh, this black guy who works in a daycare center um, and has fascinating relationships with this like turbulent children, uh, even though he never intended to work with children in his life, uh, he gets stuck with his uh, de facto Japanese mother-in-law who comes out to spend time with him. Uh, well, not spend time with him, to meet him for the first time and to spend time with her son. But her son leaves to go to Japan at the same time and spend time with his dad, who is dying. <laughs> and so you know, these two people are just stuck together and they have nothing in common. And the novel just takes off from there. It is really funny. It is about... It's like, it's beautifully romantic and sensual, uh, which is a strange thing because it's all about a broken relationship and they are looking at it in a kind of retroactive way. Uh, but the romance is amazing. Uh, the family stuff is mind blowing, but it's also just really uh, underplayed and uh, just, just really sharply done. It's a short read. Uh, I just, I'm in love with it. It's just, one of the perfect kind of millennial novels. It's just about two dudes trying to make it in the world and everything is broken. Um, and there's stuff about HIV and there's stuff about race and there's stuff about uh, accepting queer children in a family. It's really hard. It's really awesome. I just, I think it's amazing. Uh, Memorial, I Brian Washington. I, I really want to read it because um, I, I, I have read Brian Washington before. He's, he's a literary person that, I, that I've come across. Yes. Uh, I, oh, I, read, I read a lot of his short story collection and I loved it. And I saw him a few years ago. He came out to the Sydney Writers Festival and he did a really incredible panel uh, where he spoke with um, Peter Polides. Um, and oh, that was, great. Yeah, that was a really interesting conversation that I had. And then like I, I fanboyed and like I went and met him afterwards and like, yeah, he signed my book. It was great. <laughs> Good, 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 good. Uh, I'm thrilled. Um, read that novel, Mark, um, and everyone else listening. Uh, the other thing I'm, I'm reading at the moment uh, is another American novel, another short American novel, uh, 
by an author called Sigrid Nunez. Uh, she won the National Book Award uh, last year, I believe, or maybe it was the year before. I'm getting so old, I can't keep up with years, uh, for a novel called The Friend, uh, which is just gorgeous, which is about death and it's very meta and it's devastating and hilarious and all these things at once. And she's done it again uh, with a book called What You Are, sorry, What Are You Going Through? Um, this novel is about a writer who goes to spend time with an old friend who has a terminal illness. Uh, and true to Nunez's form, it then just totally meanders and gets sidetracked and has all this meta stuff about authors and authors in relationships uh, and family and uh, not liking your best friend's daughter and that being okay, uh, which I find just hilarious. Uh, and then there's a bombshell moment of stakes finally get raised in this meandering but, but very short novel uh, where this friend that the uh, narrator reconnects with uh, requests that uh, she be there to assist her or, or at least be there with her when she uh, uh, makes her own decision of when she will die, um, which is very heavy and it just drops like a bomb and you, 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 um, you, I've just gone through that part of the novel um, and it's like, it just seemed obvious to be coming, but then not, I wasn't ready for it at all. Um, there's this beautiful sense of play and lightness in this writing uh, at the same time as honing in on the most darkest and most human aspects of yourself and of life. Heavy, awesome, amazing stuff. I love it. You're on a roll today, Ben, because I have also read The Friend. <laughs> oh, Mark, we're, we can be friends. <laughs> All right, well, well, thank you for those, for those picks, Ben, and thank you, everybody, for uh, sharing your, uh, your recommendations. Before we jump into Book Fight, um, we are sponsored by a second book today uh, on the Weekend Booktopian. So our second book today is Getaway Girl by Tessa Bailey. Uh, this unlikely getaway driver never expected to help the mayor escape. After a six-year absence, Addison Potts is back in Charleston to stir things up, and what better place to make her villainous return than her estranged cousin's wedding? Only the nuptials hit a snag when the bride doesn't show, leaving Addison to play getaway driver for the jilted groom, a groom whose heartbreaking smile and deep southern drawl she should not be noticing. Elijah Montgomery DuPont is the future mayor of Charleston. From his military career to City Hall, every detail of his life has been meticulously planned until now. His only respite from life's sudden upheaval is Addison, his new improbable best friend. She makes him happy, grounds him, and public disapproval be damned, he's not willing to give her up. But with an election on the line and public pressure rising, Addison and the cruel hand of fate might not give him a chance. That's Get a Getaway Girl by Tessa Bailey, which is available from the 27th of November through Booktopia Editions. All right, we are now up to everybody's favorite part of the show. It's my favorite part of the show, it's your favorite part of the show. It is time for Book Fight. Now, as always, 
uh, we're going to uh, have the word to buzz in and uh, and claim the question. Uh, Nick, what's your buzz in word going to be? Sticking uh, with the Malcolm Knox uh, theme, I'm going to go with Bluebird. Awesome. Ben, uh, what's your word going to be? Um, I'm going to go with the Barack Obama theme from Arthur earlier and say Barack. And Arthur, what's your word going to be? I'm going to stick with my, my standard buzz. Okay, good. Buzz, is that the word buzz? <laughs> <laughs> Genius. Um, all right. So uh, I've tried to make, I've, I've, I've taken on everybody's feedback about how, uh, how specific the questions can get. So I've tried to make this friendlier this week. Let's, let's see how I did. Okay, question one. Name the award-winning 2001 American novel that follows the life of Alfred and Enid Lambert and their children, Gary, Chip, and Denise, as they try to spend one last Christmas together. Oh. Hang on, repeat the question. (laughs) Name the award-winning 2001 American novel that follows the life of Alfred and Enid Lambert and their children, Gary, Chip, and Denise, as they try to spend one last Christmas together. You should know this, Ben. I should, but I've drawn an absolute blank. I'll give you a clue. You've mentioned this book in this podcast already. What? Oh, Oh, the corrections? Yep, very good. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's been that long since I've read the book. I I know that it was profound and pretty good, but I'm like, I can't remember what it was about. (laughs) All right, question two. Uh, what is the name of the new Netflix series based on a 1983 novel by Walter Tevis? Netflix series based on a... Buzz? Arthur. Is it Queen's Gambit? It is the Queen's Gambit. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Good one. Good well question. Done, yeah. <laughs> All right. Question three. Which book sold 890,000 copies across pre-order and first day Buzz. sales? Arthur. A Promised Land by Barack Very Obama. Good. <laughs> yeah. US and Canada. Very good. Okay, question four. Uh, this week, it was revealed that a songwriter had made significant donations to research... Obama. Bluebird. I think... Wait. I think Ben might have got in first there. The Dolly Parton. It is Dolly Parton, but it was a two-point po- question. So anybody who wants to jump in, because the question was, who is the songwriter? And what is the name of her new book? Is it Song Tellers? Song, uh, I'll take that, Song Teller. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick, your word is Bluebird. Yeah, I, I know, I, I just realised that I probably shouldn't have come up with like a word that was too hard to say quickly. <laughs> Can I change my buzzer? <laughs> No. <laughs> no, the buzzer is set. The buzzer is set. All right, the next um, question. Dolly Parton, uh, she also gives, uh, she also gives uh, millions of dollars to putting uh, books into the hands of children. She is one of the quiet queens of literature of the world. Well done, Dolly. She is an international treasure. Uh, okay, this, this next question, there's, you can get three points. Uh, so name three books that have been shortlisted for the Prime Minister's Literary Awards across any category. Bluebird. Bluebird. I I heard Ben. Okay, The Weekend by Charles Wood. Yep. Uh, The Yield by Tara Jean Winch. Yep. And um, uh, Lucy Trelaw was the author. 
uh, I've forgotten the name. It was about an island. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, um, and who else was in it? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. This happens every time, Mark. <laughs> the Corrections by Jonathan Franzen. <laughs> All right, anybody else want to jump in? Bluebird. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to fiction here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the, uh, it was Wolf Island was the book that, that Ben was talking about, wasn't it? Lucy Trelaw? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one then. I'll, I'll go with that. All right. Okay. Well done, guys. Uh, the next question. Say what, well done, <laughs> what is the full title of Rose McManus's new children's book? Uh, Bluebird. Nick? <laughs> of course I know this. Uh, disgusting but gross face on holiday. Very good. <laughs> All right. And uh, we're, got, we're heading into our last question. So I'm going to do a quick points check. So Nick, you're on two. Arthur, you're on three. And Ben, you're on four. Ooh. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm in it. I'm not last. This is a first. <laughs> so you could, you, could tie, you could tie it here, Arthur, and then we have to go to the tiebreaker question. So this is the opening line to which novel? Hale knew before he had been in Brighton three hours that they meant to murder him. Oh, Not no. a clue. <laughs> Hale, Hale knew before he had been in Brighton three hours that they meant to murder him. Brighton, I emphasize, because that's a clue. A big one, because maybe that word is in the title of the book. Is the book called Brighton? <laughs> uh, it's, it's called Brighton something. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I'm just going to start crying. I don't <laughs> All right. It's like yeah, it's sorry. a classic important book that we all should have read, isn't it, Mark? Well, I've not read it, but you know, I don't think it's horror, so you know, or sci-fi. But anyway, <laughs> if there's no answers, the, the the correct answer is Brighton Rock by Graham Greene. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, I should have known that. It's um, that's a book that someone gave me that is on the to be read pile. They also gave me a mug with Brighton Rock on the mug and I refused to use the mug until I read the novel because that would just because people would be like, Oh, you must really love that book and I haven't read it, Mark. Uh, so Yeah. We're just digging up how poorly behind I am in, in all aspects of my literary life. Well look, uh, you've you've started reading it now because like I <laughs> Yeah, I'm one uh, sentence in, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's a little push start. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Weekend Booktopian is produced by Nick Vasiliev. And you can find links to the books that we've discussed today in the episode description, or you can find them at booktopia.com.au. And you can listen to all of our shows for free on SoundCloud and iTunes. Until next time, thank you for listening and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel, don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com dot au